Welcome to the sermon podcast of Faith Lutheran Church in Oregon, Wisconsin, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ crucified and the promises of God that our faith clings to. For more information, visit us online at faithlutheranoregon.com. I'm spiritual, but not religious. If you've ever engaged with people about Christianity or about religion, chances are you've heard this. It's the anti-creed of American culture and ironically is about as close as you can possibly get to a universal creed. Uh, Everyone apparently wants to be spiritual, but no one wants to be religious. You see this even within Christianity. Uh, in what might be called theological fluidity. Uh, this happens when, when churches and Christians, uh, who uh, they say the Bible is true, but then no one wants to say for certain what is actually true uh, or whose teaching is correct. And so you'll hear, for instance, in, in small group Bible studies, the question, what does this text mean to you? Rather than the hard question and the important question of, what does this text actually mean? What did God intend it to say? So what's the difference? Uh, To be spiritual but not religious is to have a God that doesn't talk. A God who is mute. As soon as God talks, there's religion. There's doctrine. There's assertions. As soon as God speaks, there is truth. And if if there is something that is true, then there is something that isn't true. And that makes us uncomfortable. Uh, Conveniently, for the spiritual but not religious, if God is mute, then God doesn't say anything about what is right or wrong. He makes no judgments and never tells me I'm a sinner. Uh, The mute God is nice and his chief concern, my happiness. But this never ends in true happiness. Because while the mute God uh, has no commands, Neither does it have any promises. Spirituality without religion tries to free us from the law, but in the end it only mutes the gospel. It is a fundamental Christian idea and truth that God speaks. God has a word for you. God is never silent. He who has ears to hear, let him hear, Jesus said. So the parable he tells is a parable about God's word and what God says about his word and what his word does. And this is significant because even Christians will fall in the trap of being spiritual but not religious. And you'll you'll hear people talk about finding God or seeing God or looking for God, uh, seeing God in the sunset, in the stars, or, or just when things are, are, are going nice in my life, feeling God. But this is not a Christian idea. This is a pagan idea. Because the stars won't tell you that God is good or merciful or kind. The only way to know that is to hear God speak. And God always speaks, uh, speaks to us not in in a multitude of of many uh, vague, different ways and spiritual ideas and things, but God always speaks in two very specific words, law 
and gospel. In the context of the parable Jesus tells, a large crowd has come from all over uh, to Jesus. They're curious. They're spiritual. They want to see a miracle. And they're crowding around with so much so that Jesus has to get up onto onto a boat, into a pulpit. And he starts to preach. And he tells them a parable. In the parable Jesus tells, God is described as a farmer sowing his seed. But there's something wrong here. Because this is not the way a good farmer acts or goes about his work. He's sowing seed where the seed has very little chance of growing. He's planting it where the ground hasn't been tilled yet, where the ground is hard. He's planting it where there's absolutely no water. And he's planting it where there's weeds. This is a foolish, reckless farmer. Now, the danger in this parable is to make me the center of it. You know, we often want to read the Bible kind of like a high school yearbook. You know, what do you do when you get the, the yearbook? You open it up, you flip through it, and you try to find you, me, right? But that's not the right way to read the Bible. Jesus himself said the whole Bible is about him. Uh, And that includes even this parable. And so it would be very easy to make the center of this parable, the focus of this parable, the soil, and the point of it, what sort of soil I am, and what I can do to make my soil better, to have a good and noble heart, to make myself more receptive to the word of God. But this is exactly why Jesus says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Because what he says is that the seed is the word of God, not me. That means the life is in the seed, not the soil. And only God is good. There is no one who has a good and noble heart except God alone. Now, Jesus' descriptions of the different soil types uh, are a warning for us. Jesus is preaching the law here. To have hard soil is to be uh, so completely hardened to the word of God, uh, to completely take it for granted, uh, to assume that you have it and know it and you don't need any more of it. To have rocky soil is to be looking uh, for an experience, to feel something in Christianity, uh, to trust feelings over the word of God. And those looking for an experience, they they believe for a while, uh, but then when trouble hits, or their faith doesn't quite as feel as nice or as exciting as it once used to, they fall away and they go looking for something else. And then to be among thorns is to have everything else in life crowd out the word of God. But we can actually get so distracted, even by focusing on these different soil types, and not realize that in reality, each one of them describes all of us maybe more or less at different times, but they all describe us, they all fit us. Even pastors have hard, rocky, and thorny soil. The only soil that doesn't fit us is the good soil. Our soil is terrible. It's dead. Our hearts are dead. They are incapable of growing anything. And yet, God has sown the seed of his word in our hearts, in our hard thorny, rocky hearts. God is a terrible farmer. Or is he? 
This is where most of American Christianity goes wrong in applying this parable. Because most of American Christianity treats the Word of God as mere information. Many churches will emphasize how God's Word is true and how it teaches and informs. And those are all true things, but then the parables just become a a self-help how-to manual. If you only have enough information, you can change. And salvation itself becomes mere potential. God gives you the information in the Bible, now it's up to you to follow the instructions and be saved. You hear this even in the language of the most popular preachers of our day. If you accept the word of God, if you receive the word of God, if you commit yourself. But this isn't good news. It's the law disguised as the gospel. If the purpose of God's word is merely to teach and inform and inspire, then it's all law. And the law can't save. If the peace and comfort found in God's word is that I have what it takes to accept God, then by this parable, count me out. I don't. But again, this parable isn't meant to be about me and what I can or should do, but about Jesus and what his word does. When God speaks, he not only gives truth, He gives life. God speaks and there is light. God speaks and there is life. God speaks and the world is full of living things and the world, God says, is good. See, God's word is more than just instruction, more than just information. It's powerful. It's not just truth. It's life. It not only instructs but enlivens and forgives. We have a word for this, efficacious. God's word affects, it accomplishes what its purpose is. As God said through the prophet Isaiah, my word that goes out from my mouth will not return to me empty. Rather, it will accomplish whatever I please and it will succeed in the purpose for which I sent it. God's word is the seed that transforms our dead soil in order to bear fruit by declaring it to be like Jesus. That is good. God's word alone makes us good and noble. Now this understanding affects how we read the rest of the Bible. If we look to the scriptures uh, as instructions for daily living, we'll find what we're looking for but we'll miss the promise and the promise says. If we read the Bible asking, what is God telling me to do today? The result is moralizing Christianity and it becomes all about me, all about my action, all about my thoughts, my love for God. But the answers to how I'm doing and all of that are never good because I am only dead soil. When we read the scriptures, we not only need to hear God's law, but the gospel. The gospel tells us who Jesus is and what he has done. 
It's doctrine. And contrary to our modern sensibilities, it's life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. It's everything that those spiritual but not religious were, were trying to run from, but was the source of true comfort and life and happiness the entire time. Through the Holy Spirit, God's Word converts our hearts from being dead to being fully alive. It's why St. Paul can boast about his thorn in the flesh. Because God's power is made perfect in weakness. Only when my soil is dead and thorny can the glory of God be on full display. His Word is powerful because it is Jesus. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Hear what God has done for you in his holy word. Jesus alone has kept God's word and borne fruit with patience. But by God's word, God declares Jesus' good soil to be yours. And he does it when he combines his word of promise and power with water. When he connects his holy and good name to baptism in water and baptism, and promises that through baptism, a new person daily arises. No matter if you were baptized as a baby or as an 80-year-old, the same word of God that made the light and life, that, that made light and life spring forth out of darkness has made your dead soil to be completely alive. God's word does what he promises it to do. It converts and saves and makes alive. See, you don't have the potential to be saved. You are saved. You have been set apart by the Holy Spirit and marked as God's own child forever. You go forgiven enlivened by the Word of God, enabled by the power of the Holy Spirit to actually keep God's Word and to bear fruit with patience. So you go gather around this table and hear God reassure you through His Holy Word, this is my body given for you. This is my blood shed for you for the remission of all your sins. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And know that hearing God is not a human accomplishment, but something that God enables us to do completely by His grace. There is nothing you need to do, nothing you can do. When God speaks, the dead are raised. If you're spiritual and looking for happiness, know that you can turn to just about anything and, and get it in, in, in just about any way. Rather, take comfort in the religion of Christianity, in the doctrine of the Bible. That doesn't just mean something subjectively to you, but means something objectively for you. Take comfort in the power and promise of God's Word, that God brings you something that you can't get anywhere else or in any other way. The forgiveness of your sins the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting.
In Jesus' name, amen.